All right. Woo! It's good to be in the house of the Lord, right? Is there some joy in the house of the Lord today? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Awesome, awesome. Well, it's great to be with you here today. My name is Pastor Jeff, and I'm one of the pastors here at the chapel. And uh, just going to start off with a few of the announcements that we've got. There's lots that is going on throughout the chapel's ministry this summer. The first one is Love Norwalk. So this is such a blessing. We've had the opportunity to be able to do this over the last number of years. All the different churches in town and just really loving on the people, sharing the gospel with people, being able to give out lots of different uh, items as well. And so we really need you guys to, to please be able to donate some of the different items. You see them listed there. And you see Charles's face. Isn't that beautiful? Look at that face. Is that excitement or what? I'm telling you. Woo! <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if you could donate any of those items, we'd really, really appreciate that. And even more importantly, if you're able to sign up to help out with it, we really need an army of volunteers. Uh, because some years we literally have had 1,000 people. Some years we've had up to 2,000 people as we've done this over the last decade. So really would love to encourage you guys, just please sign up. Uh, you can text it in or something like that, right? And we can make it happen. That would, that would be awesome, okay? The other thing is... Woo, the high school students are getting ready to go to camp. And there's nothing like going to camp, I tell you. So they are going to be moving, and God is going to be moving within their hearts this coming week. So make sure that you please, please pray for all of the high school students as they embark upon this wonderful journey at camp, okay? And then also, last but definitely not least, uh, Eric Lapata, who's one of the co lead pastors here at the chapel. He's going to be taking a sabbatical for the next five weeks. So just a time of refreshment and relaxation and time with the, with the Lord, time with his family. And so we're just really be, be praying for him big time. Uh, we love Eric a lot. And so we're just praying that this will be a great time for him just to kind of be rejuvenated in a lot of ways. He's gone through just taking on so much over the last number of years. And so if you'd be able to pray for him, he'd appreciate that. He'll be just gone five weeks starting the beginning of July and then be back with everybody um, by the second week of August. And if you know Eric, oh boy, he, when he gets refreshed and recharged, look out. He'll be like busting through a wall. There's no doubt about that, okay? So, hey, let's open in prayer as we dig. You guys ready to do some digging today? We're gonna dig into God's word today. Let's pray. Lord God, we love you so much. We're so thankful for this awesome day that you blessed us with. Thank you for these friends here today. Dear God, I do pray that you please just speak to our hearts as we dive into your word today, dear God. Lord, we're so thankful for your holy word. We're thankful that it's living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword, that it penetrates deep within our hearts. And so, God, I do pray that through the power of your Holy Spirit that you speak to our hearts today. May we just grow in our faith in you, for you are so worthy. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Well, today we're, uh, we're continuing on in our sermon series that we started the week after Easter, and that's out of the book of John. And today we're going to be looking primarily at John chapter 10, okay, looking at John chapter 10. And hopefully over these last several weeks as we've been going through John, you've been able to just gain a deeper understanding of Christ's love and his grace and his forgiveness and his transforming power, you've been able to see Christ really, truly loving people in such a deep, profound way. And maybe you've also noticed over these last number of weeks some of the different I am statements 
that are mentioned, right? We know that God is described as what? The great I am. We see that in the Old Testament. But here in the New Testament, we see seven different I am statements that are mentioned in just the Gospel of John, okay? And the first one that we saw actually was in chapter 6, okay? So in chapter 6, let me get this going here. Boom, shakalaka. There we go. We saw John chapter 6 that I am the bread of life. That's the first thing that he said, that I am the bread of life, that he is the one that is the author and the creator of life. He's the only one that's going to be able to give us true life. And then the next one that we looked at was, I am the light of the world. We live in a world that could be increasingly dark, don't we? A world that could be so dark. And so sometimes we, we can't do it in our own. We can't at all. We need Jesus because he is the light. He's the one going to shine forth his light into this dark world. And then as we come into John chapter 10, we come to two more I am statements that are there. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to John chapter 10. We're also going to have it on the screen as well. But what we're going to be seeing is that Jesus in John chapter 10 is speaking all about sheep, okay? Speaking all about sheep and speaking about sheep pens and thieves and robbers. And actually he says in John chapter 10, verse 10, that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, right? But I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. Now we know that that thief is Satan and he wants just to pound the living tar out of all of us, right? He wants to totally just destroy us from the inside out. But we can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is so real and he loves you so much and he's come to give you abundant life, life full of meaning and purpose and joy that can only come through him, not through anything in this world. And then we go in to John chapter 11, and this is the, the first I am statement today. John chapter 10, verse 11. Check it out. This is what it says. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd. And we are like his sheep. <laughs> We're like his sheep in many ways. We'll be looking at that today. Now, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I've had some, some weird interactions with sheep through the years, okay? Surprise, surprise. So when I was a kid, I remember I went to the Wayne County Fair, which was a huge fair back in the day. So we went down there, and I'll never, ever forget going to, like, the sheep area. And this mammoth sheep we're talking about, this thing was gigantic, okay, just huge. Tons of wool goes in, and they got the, the, the shearing thing there, the, the shaving mechanism, right? And so next thing I know, I'm like six years old. And I see this sheep just getting shaved. Sort of like I shaved my head, okay? We're like, shaving this sheep. And let me tell you, the sheep goes from mammoth to like anorexic. It was, it was the craziest thing. As a six-year-old to see that, I was like perplexed. I was like, mom, dad, what in the world just happened? The sheep just lost, lost like 200 pounds just like that. It was the craziest thing. It was so skinny. And then I thought to myself, I want to feed the sheep. Why not? So, you know, a little bit of that food type deal. And I go up there. I'm like, here, sheepy, sheepy, you know. And I'm a little bit probably too loud, a little bit too enthusiastic probably with the sheep. And so the sheep all of a sudden tries to bite me, tries to bite me. 
And I'm like, ah, I'm jumping back, and I'm crying. I'm like, Mom, Dad, I'm going to die. The sheep is biting me. You know, and I thought, what in the world is going on? And I learned a very, very important lesson, that at times, sheep can bite. (laughs) That sheep can sometimes bite. So then we look at John chapter 10, and we see Jesus using the illustration with sheep that the people listening to this would have totally been able to relate to. You see, because sheep and shepherds, they were, they were commonplace at that particular time. In that day and age, there were the good shepherds who really took care of their sheep, and then there were the not-so-good shepherds as well. Shepherds who kind of rejected the sheep, they neglected the sheep, they were abusive sometimes towards the sheep, or sometimes they were just kind of the hired hands. They didn't really care much about the sheep. They were just kind of the hired hands. At the same time, what's interesting is the religious leaders and the teachers were also sometimes referred to as shepherds. And just like there were good religious leaders and shepherds, there were also, unfortunately, some some bad ones, some, some illegitimate or misleading or Sometimes maybe even abusive in some ways. And unfortunately, sometimes that even can happen today, that we're constantly being barraged in the news of maybe some spiritual leaders that, that have fallen, and there's all kinds of podcasts, and there's, there's TV specials dedicated to sharing the stories of the damaged sheep and then some of the shepherds that, that have been abusive. So then for the, the people's sake, And then for our sake, today, Jesus makes the statement, I am the good shepherd. And these are not just hollow words. This is not just an empty promise. The great thing about our Jesus, right? The great thing about our Lord is that he never makes empty promises. When he promises something, he holds true to that promise at all times. And he says, I am the good shepherd. Jesus would go on to prove it over and over again why he's the good shepherd. That while so many live with fear and mistrust when it comes to even spiritual leaders, maybe even church, that we could trust Jesus because we know that he is the ultimate good shepherd. And this this leads to our bottom line. One of the things that we've been trying to do a lot in our sermons is what is the bottom line? It leads right to it that I am safe, I am secure when I follow the good shepherd. Isn't that great to know? A lot of times in in our world today, people are desiring safety. They're desiring security at all costs. A lot of times people say, be safe. My dad says that all the time. Hey, be safe. I'm like, okay, thanks. You know, it's kind of this whole safety, security thing. And I get it, I get it. But the world can't offer it. The world can't do it, Right? Only Jesus can give us that kind of security. Things could be totally turned around in just a flash, right? Just a split second, their whole world can totally change. That's why our security cannot come from anything in this world. It can only come through the Good Shepherd. He's the only one that can provide that safety and security. And he gives us multiple reasons why. The first one, check it out. first one is this. That I'm the good shepherd because he's willing to sacrifice his life for the sheep. 
He's willing to sacrifice. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. The word sacrifice here is a Greek word that means to put, okay? It means to put. It means to place. It means to, to lay. In fact, I love the NIV translation. I kind of grew up with the NIV. It says to actually lay down, right? To lay down his life for the sheep. Even the phrase, lays down his life for the sheep, it's pretty interesting. It's pretty meaningful in a lot of ways, isn't it? I was thinking about something recently about an opportunity where I needed to kind of protect some sheep. I'll never forget, I went to the Olympics in 1996. I took a group of teenagers. I was a brand new youth pastor at that time. And I took these teenagers down there to the Olympics and we did ministry all over Atlanta. It was just incredible. We met people from all over the world, especially the Canadian wrestling team, but that's a whole other story. But we met these people from all over the world and we shared the gospel with them. We passed out tracks. We were, we were in Centennial Park just a couple hours before the bomb went off. We were there. Whew. But it was one of those deals where we stayed at a church right there in Atlanta. And we all just slept on the floor for a couple of weeks. But I'll never forget, we could not, for whatever reason, the church would not lock at night. And I remember thinking to myself, this is crazy. Because we're in the heart of Atlanta there's millions of people. Somebody could get in through the church and we could be goners, you know. So I thought to myself, the only thing that I can do to somehow protect my teenagers is I'm going to have to lay right there at the front door. And so every night, that's what I would do is I would just lay at the front door of the church. And if anybody would try to get in, I'd be like, give them a little jujitsu or something, Okay. Give him a little karate kid and then see what happens. But I was prepared to, to be able to protect my sheep at all costs. Because if, if somebody came in to hurt them, oh boy, I, I needed to protect. I needed to lay down right there to protect them. You see, when we look at this, laying down, we see early in the chapter these I am statements. We also see the I am statement of the gate, right? We see this I am statement of the gate. And this is where the shepherd, okay, he would do the same thing that I just talked about. He cared so much, that's what the shepherd would do with his sheep. He would lay down at all times. At the opening, he would be the one that is there. He would literally lay himself in the opening to protect those sheep. He would be the gate. He's the gatekeeper in many ways. It was to keep the sheep in and then to keep the intruders out. That's what I was trying to do as well. See, a good shepherd would protect his sheep at all costs, even laying down his life. Even laying down his life. I'm safe and secure. I'm safe and secure when I follow the good shepherd. Because he also doesn't run from danger. That's our second thing. That's our second thing. Not only does he sacrifice for us, but he doesn't run from danger. He doesn't run from danger. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him. And he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. You see, Jesus is coming as a good shepherd. 
He's coming as a good shepherd. To a bad shepherd here, as he says, a hired hand. He says when someone is just a hired hand, just kind of doing their job, just kind of biding their time, when their own life is threatened, they aren't willing to lay down their life. They run for their lives. They hightail it out of there. But that's not Jesus. That's not Jesus. That's not the good shepherd. He doesn't run from danger. Jesus runs into danger for the sake of the sheep. In many ways, he's kind of like a fireman, you know. I have the most utmost respect for all firemen. I think of the courage that it takes to be a fireman. Wow. I wear this bracelet all the time. And this is a bracelet that I I got last year on a New York City mission trip where we went to the 9-11 memorial. And so I wear this as a reminder of all the people that sacrificed their lives, that ran into danger. They could have not decided to go. They could have let fear take over. But instead, what did they do? They ran into those buildings to try to save people's lives, to try to help as many as they could. And as a result, many of them lost their lives as well. They weren't afraid, though, to run into danger. Jesus is the ultimate fireman. He is never, ever afraid to run into danger for us. He's got so much courage, so much love for us. It makes me think of Psalm 23, where David says, The Lord is my shepherd. And then down in verses 4 and 5, check it out. It says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Isn't that great? That he's with us through all of that. We don't have to fear. We don't have to fear, for he's with us. The good shepherd doesn't run from danger. These verses tell us that in the presence of our enemies, and sometimes we have enemies in our lives. We wish that we, we didn't, but all of us do at different times that the good shepherd protects us and that he serves us. He prepares a table for us, even in the presence of our enemies. I'm safe, I'm secure when I follow the good shepherd, right? Next reason is because of his motivation. His motivation is always love. His motivation is his unconditional love. John 10, 13 says the hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money. He doesn't really care about the sheep. Verse 13, Jesus talks about the hired hand. Someone just doing their job as a shepherd, not really caring, just kind of getting the paycheck. They may have the job of the shepherd, but they don't have the heart of a shepherd. One of the things that God desires for all of us, no matter what we do in life, is to have a heart for it, right? And if we're caring for people, especially if we're caring spiritually for people, we better have a genuine heart for them, a real love and a compassion for what they're going through and helping them through whatever struggles, whatever issues that they may have. That's the heart of a shepherd, okay? That's the heart of a shepherd. It says in the Latin tongue, check this out, 
the word for money is akin to the word cheap. Because too many of the first Romans, wool was their wealth. Their fortunes kind of laid in their flocks. The Lord Jesus is our shepherd. We are his wealth. He doesn't need any money. We're his wealth. He loves you just for who you are. Not because of what you do or how much money you make or anything. Just for who you are. Jesus isn't motivated at all by money. He's motivated always by love. Remember what I said earlier. Jesus in 10.10 says the thief's purpose is what? To steal, kill, destroy. My purpose is to give them, and this translation says a rich and satisfying life. It doesn't mean rich in terms of financially. It means rich in terms of meaning and purpose and joy. That's why we talked so much. We sang from our hearts today all about joy, right? Because it's only found in Jesus Christ. He's the one that provides it for us. Nothing in this world. His motivation then is love. Or like what the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 40, 11. This is what it says in Isaiah 40, 11. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. Holding them close to his heart. I have loved carrying my daughter since she was really little. So when she was a baby, I would carry her close to my heart all the time. And when she was one, I carried her. And two, I carried her. And age three, I carried her. I told her, I said, if I was about age three or four, I said, Alice, I'm going to carry you until you're 16. And now she's almost 15, and she's like this big now. <laughs> it's a little harder. <laughs> Probably about age 12, I think I stopped, okay? But I loved as a dad, there was nothing greater than carrying my little girl everywhere. And I would hold her to my heart, and sometimes my arms would feel like they're going to fall off, and we would go like a mile sometimes all over the place. But I just loved carrying her. Why? Because she's my girl. Let me tell you guys something. Jesus loves to carry you. Don't think you can do it in your own strength. You can't. I can't. Nobody can. You can't. But he wants to carry you close to his heart. No matter what you're going through. No matter what you've done. He wants to carry you. And you've got to be ever mindful of that. I'm safe. I'm secure. I'm going to follow the good shepherd. Also because, check this out. He really knows me. He knows me. <laughs> Isn't it great when somebody knows you? My challenge is, my goal is to get to know every person here and at the chapel in Sandusky and in the chapel in Port Clinton. Whew, I'm working really hard at it, okay? But that's my goal. But no matter how hard I try, it's still going to be a challenge. Whereas Jesus, he already knows you. He knows you by name. He knows everything about you. John 10, 14, 15. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep. They know me just as my father knows me. And I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. The word know isn't just an acknowledgement. It's not just talking about an acquaintance. When Jesus says, I know my sheep, he's talking about deeply knowing a person. 
because of a personal experience, an intimate knowledge of a person. And this is what is mind-blowing to me. Jesus knows you and me that well, so deeply. He knows you more than anyone else on this earth, more than your best friend, more than your spouse, more than anybody. He knows you. And he even knows and is willing to lay down his life for the me that no one knows except him. Because sometimes there's a part of who you are, maybe your spouse doesn't even know. Maybe your best friend doesn't know. Maybe you're afraid to share that part because you're afraid of some type of rejection. Jesus, though, knows that part of you, knows the inner workings of you, and still says, I love you, I want to carry you, I want to be there for you. It's awesome to think about, isn't it? John 10, 3, he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. So then when, when the good shepherd calls your name, then the key thing is being willing to follow, right? That's the key part. Let him lead you. Don't let the things of this world lead you. Don't let your fleshly desires lead you. Let him lead you. He'll never lead you astray that way. He'll lead you towards what is best for your life. There's a quote that's interesting here. It says, there is a mutually reciprocal knowledge between Jesus and his sheep. And the existence of this knowledge is proof that he is the shepherd. Isn't that cool? It is this reciprocal knowledge between Jesus and us that can help us feel safe and secure in him. Jesus knows me, but the more I get to know him, the more confidence that I can have for his care over my life. It's reciprocal. Even when things don't make sense, and sometimes that happens in life, things just do not make sense, and our trust level of Jesus needs to increase. But he knows you. He knows what's best for you. Bottom line, I am safe. I am secure when I follow the good shepherd. Brings us to our, our last reason why. Because he's in charge. Newsflash, you're not in charge. We want to think we're in charge, don't we? It's our desire. We want control. We want to be in charge. We want to call the shots. I'm just as guilty as you guys. It's wrong. It's wrong. Can't do it. He's the one that is in charge. John 10, 17, 18. The Father loves me because I sacrificed my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again. For this is what my Father has commanded. You see, when Jesus laid down his life for the sheep, no one made him do it. No one forced him. No one coerced him. Even when they arrested him, even when they nailed him to a cross, he was still in charge even at that moment. He knew what he was doing. And he wanted to do it. Why? For the sake of the sheep. For the sake of the sheep. The good shepherd. He could keep us safe and secure then forever. By having faith in him. By trusting in him. John 10, 28. 
says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. For my Father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the Father's hand. That's why David in Psalm 23 and verse 6, this is what he says. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Isn't that awesome to think about? This is not our home, but we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There's a great new song out by Big Daddy Weave. I love Big Daddy Weave. He came to the fair a couple years ago. Woo! He is legitimate. I got to drive him all around to the hotel and back, hotel back, hotel back, all like a tons of time. But he sings this song all about his home not being here, his home being in heaven. And he sings it. You know why? He can sing it even with more gusto. He wrote this song. You know why? Because his brother, his brother just died. His brother that was a part of the band that we were praying for that night at the fairgrounds two years ago. Sadly, his brother passed. And so he wrote this song in many ways for the Lord and also for his brother to know that this is not our home, that our home is in heaven. And he's going to see the Lord. He's going to see his, his brother again. That gives him peace. It can give all of us peace when we can know that we can be able to see our loved ones again someday. I'm safe and secure when I follow the good shepherd. Do I recognize his voice? Have I begun a personal relationship with him? When I do hear his voice, am I willing to do what he says? Go where he says to go. Am I willing to follow after him, or do I want to call the shots? John 10, 4, 5 says it this way. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Yeah. Enduring commentary says, in the common sheepfolds of ancient times, the shepherd merely gave his distinctive call, and his sheep came out from the others, following him out of the sheepfold. Sheep are experts at discerning their shepherd's voice. Hmm, Isn't that interesting? Sometimes, though, we are following strangers' voices instead of the shepherd. Or maybe they aren't even strangers because we've mistaken them so much for the shepherd, or because we've listened to the other voices a whole lot more than we've listened to the good shepherd. And so the other voices, sadly, are not even strangers to us anymore. They've become commonplace. I'm safe and secure when I follow the good shepherd. Two potential next steps. One is for those that may be here today that, that do not have a relationship with Jesus. And then the other one is for those that maybe do know Jesus. But there's two steps to look at. Okay? First one, can I truly say the Lord is my shepherd? Have I begun that personal relationship with Jesus? Does the good shepherd know me? And do I really know the good shepherd? Not just acknowledge not just an acquaintance, but really know and experience Jesus? Do I recognize 
his voice in my life? Have I surrendered my life to him? Have I entrusted my life to him and him alone? The second one, though, maybe, maybe you're hearing you have been following Jesus, but what has the good shepherd been saying to you that you need to listen and follow? Maybe there's a next step for you. What's he been speaking to your heart? What has he said to you through his word that maybe, maybe you haven't responded yet to because of fear? Where is he calling to you that maybe you've resisted? Maybe you've pushed him back and you know he keeps pounding you and yet you, you keep him at a distance. What is it, has he asked you to do that maybe you haven't done? That's what we have to determine. Determine it today. Don't let it slip by. Determine what that is today and then follow it. Follow his voice, right? Be willing to follow him. And the amazing thing, too, with all of this, and this is the grace part that's so cool, is that even when we've blown it, and we all have, even when we've sometimes wandered off, or maybe we've even intentionally ran away from God, the good shepherd continues to invite us back, doesn't he? Continues to invite us back. It's a beautiful thing about our Lord. Even when we've wandered at times, he brings us back. I'm thankful for that. I know many of you are thankful for that. 1 Peter 2.25, once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. Isn't that awesome to think about? That even when we've wandered, we could come back. And he wants to be the guardian of our souls. Last part, I'm safe and secure when I follow the good shepherd. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we do love you so much. Lord, we're thankful to be in the house of the Lord today. Thank you that your joy is real within our hearts today, and we give you praise. And dear God, thank you that we can be safe and secure when we follow you, that you are our good shepherd. And so God, I just pray for everyone here today that maybe if we've been distant from you, that you would bring us back close to you, that we would stop resisting you that we would draw near to you, that we would take that one step closer to you, dear God, that we would just desire to follow you and listen to your voice. So, Lord, I just pray that you'd be with us throughout the rest of this week. Help us to continue to, to be in your word, to be in prayer, to trust in you, for we love you so much. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen, amen, amen. God bless each and every one of you guys. Have an incredible week, all right?